Eat, Sleep, Movie. Repeat. Repeat. A podcast from Cafe Cinemas Kitty Kitty. Here we are, Eat, Sleep, Movie, Repeat. Episode 5, all thanks to Cathay Cinemas in Kitty Kitty. Hello, Young Ross. Oh, I like that, Young Ross. That'll do. I'll, I'll, you can stay around. Well, you've been to see Barbie, so, you know, you're young at heart. So we'll uh, we'll chat about that shortly. But, I mean, we, we need to start off because, as we do every episode, we had our predictions for the box office. And have you been surprised by this overseas in here? Oh, I think... There is no doubt in my mind that the world has been kind of surprised with Barbie. Um, okay, well, let's talk numbers, shall we? Uh, I I actually thought the movie would do quite well and do 2.25 million, and that would be quite a good result. And I thought Oppenheimer would do 1.2, and you thought that Barbie would get out of the gate and do maybe 3 million, and I thought, well, that's pretty high, and then you said 1.8 for Oppenheimer. Well, Brent, congratulations. Apparently, I owe you some Jaffas. <laughs> All right. Finally a win. It's only taken five episodes. <laughs> okay, so, excellent. You, you you win this one. So, the actual Barbie result. Look, the movie took $4.965 million in week one. Wow. And Oppenheimer took $1.95 million. And congratulations on your win. But, you know, to put this into perspective and to give you an idea, look, I went to a movie convention last week and I was talking to the heads of some of the studios uh, who'd come over from Australia, and specifically the guys who released Barbie and Oppenheimer. And they were just as impressed and surprised as everybody else. They knew they had something good on their hands with the movie, but there's nobody in that room. There was 200-odd people from the cinema industry in that room. Nobody saw this one being as big as it is. And to put it into perspective, the opening weekend of Avatar 2, okay, which is what we call a four-quadrant film, it means that adults children male female young old everybody's going to go and see it that movie opened with a huge number like unprecedented number biggest cinema opening in new zealand in terms of um, numbers and and the highest grossing new zealand film ever now barbie came in just 150k or so shy of avatar's number which is huge considering that the majority of people going to barbie are mainly female skewed you know it is a mainly female skewed film absolutely and yeah there's men going to it too and yes i have seen it i was one of the three or four men in the cinema when i watched it but the point is that that film has absolutely touched a nerve and has done extremely well not only in new zealand but worldwide i saw uh who was it francis ford coppola saying well the the reason this is because it's not a sequel it's not part of a franchise it's standalone and it's great to see filmmaking back. That's uh, roughly the quote he said. Yep, absolutely. And look, you know, op- and not to take it away from Oppenheimer, those two films were marketed in, in the best way possible. The combination of the marketing, whoever did the marketing for Oppenheimer deserves a raise. They probably got two because that has created a crossover between people going to see Barbie, who probably wouldn't have seen Barbie and people going to see Oppenheimer, who probably would not have been in that audience to go and see Oppenheimer. And again, you know, we look at the cinema industry and we go, you know, a movie for Oppenheimer to get out there and do almost $2 million, that's an extremely good result. Any film going over a million plus in a week, especially outside a holiday week, is doing extremely well. But, you know, Barbie said, hold my beer, and, and collect almost $5 million outside of holidays, which is astronomical and the and the best thing is i mean the best thing in my opinion is the way that 
it's been embraced by people even who, who are nothing to do with the film so you go to shops every shop's full of pink stuff all the women going to see these movies in big groups at the cinemas that i was at last week um up in auckland you know they were all in, all dressed in pink and when i went back up to kerry kerry you know there was all the people women coming in daytime nighttime all had the pink clothes on and they have just absolutely embraced the film and it's fantastic it's it's a great thing for the cinema industry but it, you're right it's a great for a film that isn't a sequel it's you know it's its own ip and it's come out and just done incredible so if we just look at the current year so avatar opened last year and it did about 8 million before the end of the year and then it did another 11 and a half million in this year so avatar currently is 11 and a half million in the 2023 box office so Barbie in two weeks has taken eight and a half million dollars. It blew past Mario, it blew past Guardians of the Galaxy, it passed Spider-Man, Puss in Boots, Fast and Furious, you know, John Wick. These are movies that were playing, and to give you an example, you know, Mario has done $6.9 million in about four months of showing. Well, Barbie's two million ahead of that almost. And I would imagine that by the end of this week, Barbie would probably be sitting just shy of Avatar. And by the end of week four, Barbie will be the number one highest grossing film in 2023. And I very much doubt that it will get beat. And I did predict this. So I'm feeling kind of confident that it would be the number one film. I did write that in writing somewhere. But uh, yeah, I'm stoked about that. Look, I, I think hats off to Barbie. Good on them. What a great, what a great film. And you know what? I enjoyed it. I didn't mind the film at all. It's it, it knows its audience, it knows its demographic, it plays fine, and you know, there's something in there for men and women. So go and see the Barbie. Oh, there you go. Add to the box office. Now all the all the pundits oh, this is what I really hate. Now I see will Barbie make it a billion dollars? I don't think so. They're kidding, right? Yeah. It's going to cross a billion probably in the next week or so. Oh, look, I haven't actually looked at the worldwide number this morning, but I can tell you that it'll be massive. I mean, Barbie is, it's got into the zeitgeist of, of, of how people are thinking. Like I say, you know, you go past a shop in a mall and they've got everything pink pushed to the front. Now, they may have no connection to Barbie, but they're smart enough to see a good, know a good thing when they see it. And so they have, they've absolutely gone out there. And of course, women walking past a shop at a mall and they see something pink and they're thinking about going to Barbie. Oh, I might go and buy that. So, you know, I would say Barbie has not just added money to the, to the box office and cinema industry. It's probably added a couple of hundred million dollars to New Zealand's retail industry through no connection, just the colour pink. And I wouldn't be surprised if they're running short of pink stock. My shares in pink paint have gone through the roof, so that's awesome. Damn it, I, sh- I should have invested in pink paint. So how are we looking for the first week of August for movies? What's coming up? Oh, look, you know, we've got, we got a lot of new movies starting this week. And again, there's a lot of film coming. Still, there is some of this actor's strike situation in Australia, oh, sorry, Australia, America going on that is creating some uncertainty in the industry. But there are plenty of films that are actually still releasing. And so that's something we just need to deal with as we go along. But, you know, there's a new film called Chevalier, which starts today. So Chevalier is a true story about a composer, Joseph, I'm going to butcher his last name, Bologna. And basically, he's an illegitimate son of an African slave in France. This is back in the days of Marie Antoinette. And he becomes a celebrated uh, violinist composer and he then has a massive falling out with Marie Antoinette and then sort of gets involved in the French Revolution so it's a really cool period film and there's a really great scene where he has a um, a violin off with Mozart 
which is just excellent. It's on YouTube. If you have a, if you want to have a little look at it, just check it out. It's, I think that movie's well worth a watch. You got something from the French Film Festival too. There's the best of kind of coming back, isn't there? Yeah, absolutely. Look, the French Film Festival, we played it for a week. It was unbelievably successful. But again, we had 17 films in a week and we can't play them all. We can't keep them forever. So we're trying to bring them back now. And between now and probably the end of November, we're going to be bringing back some of these French films that were really highlights of the French Film Festival. So there's a really cool one to start off with called Sugar and Stars. And it's about a guy who dreams of becoming a pastry chef. He's a um, he's a foster child. He's moved from house to house. But he eventually overcomes this um these issues in his life to become this incredible pastry chef and that was one of the highlights of the French Film Festival for sure it does lead right into the reason we're holding going to be bringing these movies back all the way to November is that will lead us into the Napoleon movie which looks stunning absolutely stunning one of the real um, highlights again if you go on YouTube and have a look at the Napoleon um, trailer that movie looks amazing and that's going to be a huge one for November that's Joaquin Phoenix isn't it correct yeah and um, it, it sort of puts him back with um, Ridley Scott, who did Gladiator. So there you go. The Meg too, Crikey. I love The Meg. This is my guilty pleasure. Okay, so The Meg, Jason Statham, he's back. He is doing more diving, more giant sharks. There's three giant sharks this time. There's other animals that are also um, somehow or other in the mix as well. I'm not going to spoil it. Certainly, look, oh, The Meg is currently out on Netflix right now. So if you want to go and get a rewatch of the first one, The Meg with Jason Statham, I, I sat at home the other night and watched it. I'm just caught back up before I go and see The Meg too. And I'm trying to convince my wife that we should go and see it together, but I just don't think that's going to happen. You got more chance with the first one because that was filmed in your old stomping ground of Whangaparaua. It was, yeah. And um, it's really funny because at the end of the film, when they're in, on the last scene, we're in the boat. And if you look in the background, you can see Whangaparaua, you can see Auckland, you can see Rangatoto. It's, it's very amusing. It'll probably be a huge blockbuster and do well at the box office, I reckon. Oh, look, I, I think Meg 2, this is the one we're going to have to do a, a bet on, but I think the Meg 2 is, it's just popcorn, it's entertainment, it's check your head at the door, you know. People refer to popcorn movies. Those are the movies where just put disbelief at the door, go in and the popcorn and the drink and sit down and just have a good old laugh and, and, and enjoy the movie. They're, they're just there to entertain and they're just there for fun. This movie is not taking itself too seriously. The Miracle Club, Maggie Smith. Yeah, now this is a really cool little film. Maggie Smith is back in this movie, The Miracle Club. It's set in Ireland, and it's about a bunch of women who dream of winning a pilgrimage to um, the sacred French town of Lourdes because they want to go and experience a miracle. And, um, of course, they're struggling. They have a... They have a basically a um, like a lucky dip or a raffle every year to send a lucky few to go on this trip. And um, through the help of their priest, who kind of tips the scales, they managed to get on this bus trip to go and, um, you know, have their miracle. But also there's another underlying tale underneath it of, you know, family and mothers and daughters. And I think, again, it's just going to be a brilliant film with Maggie Smith in it. Again, I haven't seen this film yet. I... You know, I struggle to watch enough of these films as it is. I think it's definitely going to be for people who enjoy a nice period film. We need to talk about critics. We've been teasing this for weeks. So let's get on to what you think about critics, because I have my opinion. I think they're just sucking the fun out of movies, but that's just me. Yeah, look, I really do have a struggle with some critics. I mean, the advent of YouTube, the advent of social media has created 
uh, a cottage industry for people to, you know, become critics or, you know, do do car reviews or whatever it might be. But but what I tend to find with the movies, and believe me, I watch hundreds of these things. I like to know what's going on, not just in New Zealand, but in Hollywood and what people are thinking around the world to really get good sort of metrics and ideas for how films are going. So what I tend to find is that a lot of the critics have realized that the formula to get more clicks on their, on their web pages is to be negative. And when you see positive reviews, they don't get as many eyes and as many comments as negative reviews. And because YouTube and social media works on the more people who look at it, the more they get paid, it does appear to me that in some cases, they've really gone down that negative route on movies that really shouldn't be getting hammered as hard as they are. Now, that's not to say that all critics do this, but what I am finding is that um, the majority of the ones that come up in my feed are negative. And I think that's a real interesting sort of take on it. You know, we've got a critic, a couple of critics in New Zealand who tend to be a little bit more negative as well, not naming names or anything. But having said that, you know, we've got some really good critics in New Zealand who are quite positive about the movies as well. And I think that they're, you know, we all get our biases. We all get our opinions on whether or not we think things are good or bad. And I think that's really important that people have that. So if, if you go and see a movie and, and you say, hello, look like Barbie, if I go and see Barbie and say, oh, well, I thought it was okay, but it was nothing special, somebody else is going to have an opinion where they say it's the best movie yet. Um, you know, and, and that creates a bit of debate and there's nothing wrong with that. But I think that you've got to be really careful that you don't just, you know, that opinion doesn't become, you know, this deep-rooted perspective really just chasing clicks on, on YouTube. I mean, look, we could be negative on this show and uh, maybe that would get us more listeners. But what would be the point of that? We're here to entertain, you know, we're here to have a bit of fun. We're not here to try and drive people to go or not go to a film. And I think that the, what we're seeing in the industry right now, it does seem to be that, Again, not just in cinema, but in everything. The more negative the review, the more clicks it gets, and the more reason people want to be negative. So I think we all need to be a bit more positive in life right now. Yeah, I think so. And I'll take The Flash as a perfect example of this. So not only critics, but everybody just slammed Ezra Miller. And yes, his behavior was appalling. However, I went to that movie and I really enjoyed it. The CGI, yeah, wasn't the greatest, but I didn't even take that into consideration. I went there, I saw Michael Keaton, I saw Supergirl. I thought, well, this is really good. And now they're calling it the biggest box office flop for a superhero movie ever. And you just go, oh, leave it alone. Let people watch it and enjoy it. Well, look, it's the same for The Little Mermaid. There was a lot of hate for The Little Mermaid. There's a huge amount of hate for the Indiana Jones film. You know, and yet the audiences who come to that, the audiences who find that movie you know, and, and enjoy it, you you talk to them coming out of the movies. And again, I do this a lot where I'll actually say to people, how did you enjoy the film? What did you think of it? And and the positives coming out of it is actually very strong, but the audience is very small. And I think it's being driven by people listening to, you know, so-called experts. I mean, I'm not an expert by any stretch of the imagination. Clearly I'm not because I can't, I can't win a bet, you know, <laughs> and I owe you some jaffers. But the fact of the matter is, you know, that the business what we are in is about showmanship and it's about entertainment it's about fun you know, it's it's not about um political opinion no and ripping things apart 
I just go to a movie, and if I don't like it, I go, well, I just wouldn't see it again. I'm like, you yeah, just go watch it. There's a bun for every seat, and what, what appeals to me doesn't necessarily appeal to you, and, and, and doesn't necessarily appeal to my wife, you know? It's the experience of going to movies that you may not be comfortable with watching that actually make, you know, improves your perspective of understanding what movies are all about. Now, Father's Day, Pirates of the Caribbean, your special screening. I know we're talking about Father's Day early. It'll sneak up really quick, though. 3rd of September, Pirates of the Caribbean, 20th anniversary. Really keen to get people to dress up. I'll be putting this more on our website, but trying to get people to dress up for this and come along and just and just have some fun. The tickets are going to be cheap. We're um, doing it as a special rate. It's not going to be the normal rate, so you are going to get a, a bargain on the ticket just as much as you hopefully get a, a really entertaining time at the cinema. Okay, let's do our predictions for the MIG-2, the Statham effect. <laughs> I don't know if I should bother. Okay, you, you go first since you won. I haven't seen the first one and most likely won't see the second one because I'm, well, I'm, I'm a chicken when it comes to being scared. So... But I will say it will do $1.5 million. You know, I was going to say 1.5 as well, which is annoying. Um, I think the movie has got the opportunity. I'm going to, okay, I'll just go underneath the 1.2. Okay. I think that, not because I wanted to do badly, because you stole my number, but, um, and I, and I, I think there needs to be enough distance between the two of us so that it's, it's fair. So I'll go 1.2 on the big. But look, I think you should, if you've got Netflix, mate, you just go and watch it. It's just a fun film. It's, I tried to explain this to my wife the other day. I said, like, you know, this, this movie's just about having a laugh. It's not about being scary. It's just about, you know, again, it's that check your head at the door. Anyway, that's all good. I guess the only thing now is next episode, what are we going to talk about? Um, there's a movie coming out, which has been a sleeper hit in the UK and in North America. It has come out and really surprised people with how much money this movie's made. It's called The Sound of Freedom. And it has been a very polarizing film. But the good news is, we don't care about polarizing. We're going to play the film anyway because we believe that, you know, it's just another film and people should go and have a look at it. So if they want to see it, they see it. If they don't want to see it, they don't have to. But yeah, we'll definitely be talking about Sound of Freedom next time. That's good. I'll just sit back and eat these Jaffas and, and uh, look forward to chatting to you next time. Mate, I'm, I'm going to have to bring you some Jaffas. That is happening. That is happening, folks. I will definitely do it. Thanks for listening to Eat, Sleep, Movie, Repeat. Cafe Cinema's Kitty Kitty bring you the best in entertainment. Find out more and book your tickets online at cafecinemas.co.nz.